Hey everybody, welcome to the Blister Podcast. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check us out online at blisterreview.com. And you might be thinking to yourself, wait, is that new intro music? Yep, this is a shout out to our bike editor, Noah Bodman, who last week on the podcast called Fuzz his favorite band. So here you go, Noah. The song's called What's in My Head. Anyway, this week we're talking to a living legend, Xavier De La Rue. Xavier is a three-time world freeride champion, a four-time border cross world champion, and he has pushed the boundaries of big mountain snowboarding so far that it is basically impossible to overstate his significance and influence, or his total badassery. Among other things, Xavier and I talk about some of his current and former film projects, the current state of the snowboarding industry, his philosophy of life and risk-taking, why he has a thing for riding down ice falls, and what's next for him. This episode of the Blister Podcast is brought to you by Nest Bedding. Nest Bedding is a comfortable and affordable alternative to overpriced mattress stores, but not only does Nest sell mattresses, they've got a great selection of pillows, sheets, comforters, pet beds, and more. So in addition to upgrading your mattress, go to nestbedding.com to see if it might be time to refresh the other stuff on your bed too, because anything that helps you sleep better at night is a product that will make you feel better every single day. Now let's get to our conversation with snowboard legend Xavier De La Rue. Where are you currently? So right now I'm in uh, Biarritz, well, close to Biarritz in the southwest of France. So it's quite close to where I grew up, but it's on the, at the beach, at the beach. because I love surfing. <laughs> and uh, and you, you were telling me that you will spend five or six months of the year here. Is that right? Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, like generally... Yeah, maybe six, seven months up in in the mountains in Switzerland, yeah. and then uh, the rest of the time in uh, in uh, at the beach. Yeah, that that's new since a few years, basically. Yeah, but I I find it a really good balance of you know like kind of cutting from the mountains and seeing sunsets and uh, well, no, yeah, sunsets and and yeah, smelling the ocean. I love it. Hmm. Yeah. When did um. Which came first? I, I think I know the answer here, but which came first, snowboarding or surfing? Uh, well, no, no, snowboarding came first. Yeah. I'm, I'm a pretty terrible surfer. <laughs> <laughs> I've been surfing since 20 years, but uh, it just uh, appears to be very slow to sink in. Yeah. It it's, turns out it's hard, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's the, hard. There's no and bindings to click definitely... into. Yeah, exactly, and we've all got that kind of like heavy snowboarder style <laughs> and uh yeah yeah that's um no but yeah it's not the point of being a killer slater yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the point is just that i love it and that's good enough for me to just go every day and feel great and and have my few waves and be happy yeah so you spend half half the year climbing up super steep mountains and then the other half of the year falling off your surfboard uh <laughs> what what is the i mean is surfing a kind of staple of your off-season workout or how do you 
do you have something like a fitness program before you, you know, to get yourself ready to start walking up those big lines and then riding down those big lines too? No, I think I've always hated uh, training programs and they've always been really bad to me. Even when I used to compete a lot, like every time I've been trying to, to train, it's been always um, uh, like really bad. And I've always ended up doing badly because I was not happy. I've always liked um, doing sports, you know, that I loved and that gave me pleasure and emotion and and surfing does that. So it, it for sure keeps me in, in shape, uh, although it's definitely not what I should be doing to be in shape to climb mountains. But uh, <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think it's still a nice way to, to give to all the shocks you get in, in your legs uh, during the winter and like, yeah you know, kind of straight, straightens you up and makes you happy. And then here and there I go running or I go in the mountains, climb something for a few days sometimes. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, um, I definitely have no program and I hate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of the films of yours I've seen, um, white noise really really stands out for me and I, I actually don't know if that's true for a lot of people or if that makes me weird or something but um is it weird if i ask you some questions about some of the your opening statements and white noise yeah no for sure okay it's funny you uh, you mentioned that because yeah it's like not so common that people choose that one film as a standing one is that the, well, the one that stands out yeah I that's mean, cool i appreciate I that yeah. i think that I mean, the writing, you can see a lot of your films and, and, and see some pretty remarkable writing, but these lines of yours in that movie, my snowboarding is a battle, a constant test for life. Things that mm -hmm. come too easily are simply not interesting to me. I mean, this is starting to lay out kind of a philosophy of life here and in a very poetic way. And I, I, I just, this, this kind of jumped at me and I thought, you know, what I didn't want to do is if you were like, man, that was several years ago and I don't know, you know, that was then and this is now, but I was like, I want, if, if it was okay with you, I kind mm -hmm. of wanted to go down a few of those sentences because I thought it was such a crystallized, uh, kind of powerful statement about some of these things, um, you know. I think a lot of times, we yeah. Any is that is that getting a little too? No, 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 not at all. Okay. No, no, I, uh, I appreciate. Uh, no, but uh, no, it might just not be completely um, accurate. Well, well, I mean, at that stage, I was uh, pushing snowboarding. I think. Yeah. Uh, a bit further than I am doing it now. I was taking definitely more risks. Yep. And it was definitely the time when it was starting to to cost me a lot to you know like to do season after season you know at that level of risk yep and um yeah and 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 at that time i i yeah i was truly having a that battle i, I was talking about in my head because yeah i loved it i wanted to keep pushing but then i had the obvious truth that uh <clears throat> yeah you can keep going. You've got the level to make things uh, more impressive, bigger, stronger. But um, yeah, like you know, the the thing that is gonna stop you is the death. Yep. 
it's so present in the mountains and and you know it's touched me really close a few times and it's hard you know it's hard uh, to to keep uh, you know being able to fight with it fight against it uh, for you know year after year so um so yeah i think that was a bit of a maybe a bit of a turning point uh, that movie for sure after that i started to go a bit more into documentary style i kind of started to change my focus from uh trying to push the sports to maybe more living experiences and and kind of living snowboarding in a different way and showing that and trying to inspire people through that rather than through craziness and uh and huge action yep yeah and it i mean at a certain point right i mean and i the follow-up questions I wanted to ask you about those statements in, in white noise is, you know, people aren't static, right? And, and yeah. of, course our, of course our ideas and our activities change over the course of a lifetime. We're not uh-huh. interested in the exact same things when, you know, today as we are when we were five-year-old children. And... So those, when you have these very clear uh, kind of statements of a, of a life philosophy, that was a big thing that I, I wanted to ask you about, and, and you've answered that already pretty well, I think. But those, you know, you talked about wanting to show a different sort of side of snowboarding, but to what extent was it simply saying, like, I'm sort of over this particular level of risk, Right, like I'm not, I'm well, not uh, trying to die in the mountains. That's not an yeah. objective of mine, right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of trying to step out a bit from uh, what I was doing, from my little bubble, mm-hmm. and being like, okay, listen, enough, stop playing because it's gonna cost you the ultimate price. Yeah. And uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's time to open up, look things from further away, and maybe discover new new faces of it. And I think uh, it did, you know, I, I totally found new ways to um, to do my sports and it kind of rejuvenated in a way uh, my passion in some ways. And at the same time, I kind of cut the risk down a lot and still made very nice projects and very nice adventures. And I've been, actually, it's been really an important point for me that, uh, uh, you know, I've always needed to feel some kind of progression in a way so progression was before white noise and until white noise like a a purely technical progression but then it became kind of a a more human progression where i learned so many things you know like sailing to antarctica and discovering these uh, countries and like go for huge campings in really cold places and 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 things like this and every time i've been learning uh, like yeah, new aspects of uh, of life through snowboarding and through those trips, and and that was uh, what I was looking for. I just think that's got to be to any to any thinking person who 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 would say to himself or herself, I don't want this to si- simply end where I've just had to take bigger risks every single time out. That's the only way to you know, this, this, the need to one up 
it's like, well, yeah. then then you pivot, right? And you do yeah. start looking into. So I don't know. Maybe you can say more about if 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 you if that in fact resonates with how you've been thinking about these things over the last several years. Um, I th- I think it's um it's a fact of uh, getting maybe older and wiser maybe, and I think that naturally when you're young, you're looking for the you know the most obvious challenge in a way. And as a snowboarder, for sure, is like to just go bigger than everyone else and bolder and and all of that. And and I guess I had done that for quite a while. And then and then uh, I guess you know like what I say in in uh, you know things that come too easily are not interesting to me. Is that yeah. you know I'm always really interested in challenges and and what I've been trying to do since then is to to find. Uh, new challenges and that are different and and where the challenge doesn't necessarily lies into the consequence of dying or or um, yeah that's a bit secondary and uh and i've really enjoyed that yeah 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 because that was now uh, i think almost five years ago uh white noise is that right? I was going to ask you about that i for some reason i thought no four years i think yeah sorry yeah yeah, because I, I thought that I had seen a date of 2013, but of course that may have been a, a, a published date, which is different from when when you yeah. actually wrote those lines or when the filming, the, the bulk of the filming was actually taking place. No, I think it was uh, 2012. Huh? Okay. I'm quite sure. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, so since the next, I, this is a good segue into the, the conversation of risk that I wanted to ask you about. Do you then, I mean, talking about you've, there's been a bit of a shift in your thinking. Do you look at the younger version of yourself and think that was stupid? Or do you look at the younger version of yourself and think this is, you know, do you know what I mean? Like when you were talking about going bigger than everyone else. Yeah. um, yeah. No, no, no. I think I was really, um, like I uh, thinking a lot, and when I look back, I I don't see that as a stupid at all. I I see that as a, you know, I had the skills to push things further, and uh, and you know it was my goal, my dream. It was what made me, you know, uh, be happy, and and I believed in it. And I'm, you know, I I think I. I wish I could, you know, keep going and have the energy to being able to be like, yeah, I just want to go for it and and do that but then um yeah it's just uh, <laughs> i think i'm just thinking more and and i've kind of proven to myself what i needed to do mm-hmm. i think i've kind of um ticked that box a little bit so so yeah now um now now i've learned to uh to appreciate all of that snowboarding differently but um yeah definitely not uh no regret and and yeah, I'm kind of proud. I know I kind of, uh, you know, went really close sometimes, and I and I got really lucky sometimes. I could have died, yeah. and um, yeah. But I think that's the way my pers- personality has always been. I've always liked kind of daring life a bit and daring things, and 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 I've been quite always quite enthusiastic about going into challenges and and uh, getting out of them and and I think I keep, I, I keep doing a bit the same but yeah <laughs> in a bit more reasonable way yeah now. you're not you're not exactly just skiing groomers 
these days. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, was there a signature moment or two for you where you thought, okay, that was such a close call that there was that moment or was it more the kind of accumulation of your experience and you thought, boy, it's just been maybe one too many times. I, you know, uh, I've rolled the dice no. a lot. How, t yeah. Talk to me about that. I think it's a bit more of a, um, uh, like, you know, step-by-step -step things, you know, I, I get, I would say more and more mature and, and still nowadays, you know, it's like some days where I'm really inspired to go, to go wild. And then, uh, and then some days where I'm a bit more at the top where I'm like, why the hell would I do that? <laughs> and, uh, and, it, and it's funny cause I still end up doing some really gnarly stuff, but I think now the fact of being a bit more peaky it's not really that I will do less gnarly, but it's just that I will do it less frequently with a bit more like, you know, fire of the youth kind of style. Mm -hmm. And I think that at the end, it takes the, the risk down. And, 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 and so, yeah, I think um, it's, it's a long-term thing. <laughs> yeah. and, and I wouldn't say yeah, that it has shifted completely, that, that I'm a different person. I'm just the same, but a bit wiser, yep. I think. Let's say on a scale of one to 10, right? I think those of us who spend a lot of the time of time in the mountains, um, we've all had, or many of us have had an experience, maybe like one experience or two experiences or five experiences where you think on a scale of one to 10, I'm hitting a kind of nine or 10 in terms of how scared, how terrified I am. Um, I, I, and I think your 10, well, I mean, I think for a lot of us, I mean, if we've ever been in a situation where it's like, if I don't self-arrest, I'm, I'm heading over a cliff and, and this will be the end, right? Um, some of us maybe have had an, an experience or one or two experiences like that. How many nines or tens would you say that you've experienced? Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Uh... I don't know, maybe like this, I was like, while you were speaking, I was trying to, to kind of slightly count in my head. Yeah. And I would say about like maybe five times ish. Yeah. So sort of. And yeah, then, five, six, seven times. Yeah. Okay. So Xavier is saying he's had five, six, seven, but I bet you hit eight or nine a hell of a lot more frequently than I do. Um, and that seems like a remarkable thing or, or is it just, you're saying, no, no many of the lines that you're seeing me riding, even if they look very exposed, even, you know, if when you're skiing your signature, you know, ice falls, which you seem to love to do, for you, those are not approaching, they might look pretty gnarly to someone else, but for you, you're like, ah, that's still in kind of the three to four to five range. <laughs> yeah, I think it has nothing to do with uh, how steep, how, yeah. how gnarly is your run. But uh, uh, when you hit those nine or ten, it's just when things uh, are not what they're what they were expected. That's when you get tricked, yeah. and it can be in in something really easy sometimes where you're like, "Whoa, oh my yeah. god!" And suddenly you've got either a slab or a piece of could be just a just a piece of ice under the, or like or just a a few boulders of ice under the the pow you know, where that you haven't seen and you're just coming full speed or it could be like 
yeah, on a little hike suddenly you're just on icy grounds and and then suddenly you realize that if you do any wrong move you're you're gonna be down mm-hmm. so um yeah it's but usually whenever I drop into something crazy you know if if I haven't made any mistake assessing the 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 conditions then then it's kind of uh everything goes very easily do you have Along those lines, let's talk about a situation where everything went as well as you had hoped as you're standing on top of a line. Is there a specific line or it, whether it's in a film segment or, or not, is there, was there a specific moment you can think of where you're like, okay, if this all breaks perfect, that's great, but I'm still pretty nervous about dropping into this? Well, I think it's every single line I'm doing. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to say that. Pretty much. That's, yeah. Huh. Every single line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, everything in line. Actually, it's my way to approach things. It's just, uh, uh, you know, it's always like trying to imagine everything that can go wrong. And yeah. because if you don't do that, you're going to get screwed, I think. So it's uh, the only way to do it. And there is always something that can go wrong. Always, always, always. To be honest, I have the feeling that 90% of the lines I'm doing, and that also most of people do, and it's not necessarily going super crazy. There's always something that can go wrong um, here, here or there. And, um, and you always need to have a, an escape plan. And if you don't, then you should just um, not go, I think. This is to say, if I, if I go have say my last 30 days in the mountains versus your last 30 days in the mountains, your last 30 yeah. times out, it sounds like you're, you're riding scared because of the positions you're putting yourself in. No? You just got done saying that every time you're dropping into a line, there's a, is it fair to use the word nervousness? Because Yeah. You, okay. So yeah, yeah, scared it might be a bit strong, but yeah, it's always quite intense, I yep. think. Any serious line, you have to be a bit uh, tensed and nervous. And to me, it's like ever since I, I got into this huge avalanche, I made a pact with myself that I would force myself to be scared all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, because it, it's just too easy to be just having the best time at the top and just not worry about anything. But if you do that, you're just not focused, I think. Yeah. And I think that uh, by being scared, you know, it makes you a bit paranoid. It makes you kind of analyze anything that happens and, and it makes you, you know, being, being able to react to anything that goes wrong because things go wrong so quickly in the mountains. Yeah. Um, are you, can you say a bit about that experience? You said the, the avalanche. Is that to say that you've been caught once and only once? Yeah, yeah, I've been caught only once, yeah. Well, I've been taken in sloughs over cliffs and st- things like this, but uh, a real avalanche, mm-hmm. uh, like, I mean, a massive one, only once, and and that was a very, very, very big one. It was, um, you know, it took me down, like, over an, a mile and a half down the mountain and, like, 3,000 feet of altitude. Uh, into a gully and and basically the whole mountain ripped down and and yeah yeah it's like uh it was a pretty much a miracle that I kind of made it through. When was this? That was in two thousand and eight. Hmm. Yep. So yeah, since two thousand and eight, you've 
Yeah, <laughs> everything you're saying makes a lot more sense in that context. Um, you don't go stand on top of any line and just assume everything's going to go swimmingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because... Well, I think I've always been fairly careful, like pretty careful. And um, and yeah, like that, that avalanche was a typical accident. It was like, you know, we had done pretty steep and gnarly lines. And then uh, that one line was a bit like later in the day. It was an easy one, so we didn't really take it seriously. And I went to the top without really scoping everything. And st things started to go wrong in it. And then, um, and, and, and then like it very often does in the mountains when one thing goes wrong and then it kind of brings everything else and it can end up into a, a huge um, shit show. And, and that's what happened where it was like just a small slab and that transformed into the whole mountain going down. Yeah, so if you want, like, the conditions were not that dangerous, but I kind of released a small slab, which basically was uh, able to put enough pressure on the rest of the snowpack to make something completely crazy. But uh, I would never have triggered it by myself, uh, just the little one. No, uh, just, well, I mean, the big one, yeah. Yep. Um, but, 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 yeah, but most of all, the point was that... Um, I was definitely not as focused as uh, I was for the, the the like normal like steeper more like more uh, advanced lines in, in a way yeah yeah, yeah. more what, serious lines what, yeah what's, yeah sorry what's, yeah what's your demeanor like as you are you know things start getting tense and intense do you start getting intense and really locked in or do you take more of the light-hearted approach let's crack some jokes um how how think, are how do you how do you handle those situations i think that it depends uh sometimes i'm uh uh i'm kind of serious but uh, but i think i really like i think that sometimes i like to kind of uh be serious i'm usually globally serious but i, I definitely like to do to take some jokes to de-dramatize but uh but it's always um, kind of, yeah, jokes about the situation that we put ourselves in or stuff like that. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm, I'm still um, in my thing. You know, I, I, I don't, you, you know, I don't just switch off because to me, that's, that's the thing really of, um, you know, like being really focused or, or, or like, I think you can be lighthearted and joke around, but you still have your mind in, in the problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but but you could also do the other way around and just be like thinking about like yeah your girlfriend or about um, yeah your party last night and and just about what you're gonna eat tonight and then <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then that's uh, like usually there's a moment where you need to kind of forget all these things of life yeah yep yeah who who's the funniest person you go into the mountains with. Um, I don't know. I go a lot with Sam and Tamatan, you know, the, yeah. uh, the skier and, and it's funny. Like, yeah, he's really, really funny. And, and it's f even more funny because he's a, a stereotype of a Swiss guide, you know? Well, no, he's a Swiss guide from Zermatt, 
and you know, like they're very known for being like uber serious, uber conservative, <laughs> and uh, and like he's just uh, a little pervert on uh, <laughs> on legs and like always cracking pervert jokes uh, all the time, and that's always great. Huh. Yeah, I, I kind of like it because you know it's like. Yeah, uh, it's a nice contrast with uh, the seriousness of what he's doing. Yeah. 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 Huh. Who were your heroes growing up um, as as a kid and, and getting into these things? Who were you looking up to or, you know, drawing inspiration from? Because it it, correct me if I'm wrong, well... I won't ask you to correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it just feels like what you were doing was rather unprecedented. So I, I couldn't think, oh, well, clearly Xavier was watching this person and that person. Yeah. Well, I think I've always had this argument with my uh, younger brother because <laughs> uh, he's always been, why don't you watch all the videos around of everybody else? And I was always kind of doing my own thing and... And I was always being like, ah, oh, well, it's nice to watch other people, but I like to kind of see things my way. And yeah, he was always like, ah, oh, you're the old guy kind of, you know, because he's quite a bit younger than me. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say that, yeah, when I was really growing up, like when I was a teenager, I, I looked up a lot to uh, Terry Hackinson, I think for for his style of writing. Like, you know, you could see how much fun he was having on his board and about the fact uh, mostly about the fact that he was kind of shaping his snowboarding, you know, the way he wanted it. He was not trying to copy anyone else or or uh, or be someone else that he wasn't. Like he was like really, um, you know, bringing something and and just living to his own inspiration. Mm-hmm. And I think that I've been trying to um, uh, to well, I think I've been inspired by that for sure. And then yeah, and then later on, I've been inspired by uh, by yeah Jeremy Jones, I think, mm-hmm. I must say, because he was like the snowboarder uh, pushing things into the the big mountains, yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah, I I always I always am a bit unclear on on uh, the timing of of when when you were really starting to do your stuff and when Jones was starting to do his stuff, so. Sounds like he was he was already. Um, I mean, not that anybody cares about who did what first or something like that per se, but 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 he was um, he was the guy that you could say, all right, yep, that's the kind of riding and I want to do and where I want to do it. Um, Jones would be that next obvious person. Yeah, he he was definitely like if I think of one person, you, yeah. he would be that guy for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then I think I, I I inspired myself a lot from from skiers that were actually riding a lot faster, jumping a lot bigger, uh, that had also a more maintaining uh, kind of mentality, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, yeah it inspired me a lot. And you know it was a bit of a you know it came also from the fact that in Europe we had a bit like snowboarding was not as strong as um, uh, in the US, and like the skiing culture was like you know had a pretty high level in the mountains it always has had especially in chamonix yeah and so yeah at some stage i kind of gave up the whole uh you're a skier i'm a snowboarder we we shouldn't talk and like <laughs> i've been 
very quickly spending most of my time with skiers because they were the ones uh, charging. Yeah. Yeah. And talk to me about how, how old were you? I, I Did you start snowboarding first? Did you, or did you actually start out on skis and sort of do both for a while? What, talk no, to me about I, that. I, yeah, I started on skis like, uh, yeah, like, like any kid from a resort. And yeah, yeah. there was no snowboarding because I live... Uh, you know, I grew up in the Pyrenees, which is a very small mountain, a kind of secondary mountain in France, where everything arrives like ten years after <laughs> everywhere yeah. else. So we're we're like the poor people down there, mm-hmm. and uh, and I kind of yeah discovered snowboarding around yeah in '92. Yeah, I was like 12, 13 years old, and and yeah, it was kind of a very very new way and much more open-minded to to see the mountain and it kind of opened up the whole, you know, every single thing that you could be doing up in, in, in the mountains. And, and that was, um, yeah, a big eye opener for me, for sure. And so you started snowboarding at about 12. Um, and I know you've got, I mean, so you started riding and then fairly quickly moved into border cross. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we back in the days we were doing a bit of everything. We used to do gates, uh, like uh, freestyle, uh, powder, and and then when border cross came in, I kind of liked, uh, you know, I was kind of yeah, like very all round rider, and it kind of fitted a lot also my personality of going, and and like kind of charging through a course like this, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I think. Border cross has been an amazing sport, and uh, it's taught me like so much, and and I've had such amazing years, and 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 I think it's a very big disappointment to to seeing the sports to where it is today, because hmm. I think it could have been like it could be the most amazing sport if uh, the riders had, you know, taken it the way it should have been taken. Yeah, Same if it was if it didn't get swallowed by the Olympics, basically. Yeah. Huh. Say more about Say. that. What so if it if it didn't get swallowed by the Olympics, what would be what would what would have your what would your ideal trajectory have been or what would it be like today? Well basically it started out pretty you know like really cool like in in the times of uh, sean palmer and stuff like that yeah it used to be people with big personalities that love snowboarding that used to really embrace the lifestyle of snowboarding don't want it to go big and crazy and you know the sports was just like progressing and it was fun it was nuts and it was crazy it had really good values and then uh, ever since it got into the Olympics, it got it became just so strict and regimented, and and uh, it was like it it became all run by federations, which would bring up young riders with no snowboarding culture, yep. and um, yeah, and basically the sport lost its soul, uh, like more and more, hmm. and uh, and it's a shame because yeah, nowadays when I see like you know like all these kind of huge skateboard uh, courses that are getting shaped is uh it's like all the um oh fuck what's his name um well uh, yeah all those yeah well yeah huge structures in skateboarding like or even big skate parks like that's yeah. what border cross used to be somehow like just like getting features crazy features one after the other with a great flow and um yeah 
it, it could be really popular and really fun. So what are the odds that, how come we can't, do you know, Darren Rolves, right? Uh, Darren Rolves yeah. has his bonsai tour. <coughs> Why can't we yeah. get Xavier's, you know, new border cross tour? Um, to be honest, it's crossed my mind uh, a few times, like kind of trying to, uh, like to put, you know, one event where it would be, you know, what it should, should be in a way. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it will come out one day. Uh, maybe I just need to find the perfect location with the great, <laughs> the perfect timing. And and until now, I've been quite busy with everything I do, and I, and I am still quite busy yeah. with all the things I still need to do, and and I still want to do. But um, yeah, it might come. I think. And yeah, because there's definitely is a potential for to show that, yeah, to show that side of snowboarding. And I think, like, yeah, to come back to to Big Mountain and, and the rest, you know, all those years of border cross have been great to learn. You know, the to learn how to really stay on my feet, and that get, that allowed me to kind of feel really confident on my feet. And and when everybody has always been saying, "Oh, you're going so fast, you're crazy," going fast has always been really really easy because after. You know, kind of going way too fast on two like crazy kickers that are, <laughs> you know, that you know you're gonna overshoot, and you've got six people around you and everything. Then, then riding a line with pow, uh, like and a few a few jumps becomes really easy in a way. Mm-hmm. Apart for the whole like avalanche and yeah. and like kind of mountain risk situation. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, and I know um, uh, Justin Bob. Um, that's one of the things that he was really wanting me. He's like, you've got to talk to him about why he rides so fast in the mountains. And I don't remember what video or film it was in, but I, I, um, I seem to recall you talking about the kind of the safety component of that, right? You know, and this kind of attitude, um, and please, please correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just like, Hey man, you're in exposed, situations um and who knows how stable or unstable the the snowpack is get up and get down right (laughs) yeah no but that's the thing for many aspects if you're fast first of all you're not gonna sink into the snow so you're not not necessarily gonna go and touch all those sharks that are waiting for you in a bad spot uh second of all if anything breaks you've got momentum to kind of uh, escape really quickly and and with the momentum that's needed to do that and, and then also for for jumps like jumps become kind of a lot easier when you have a bit of speed yeah uh, because you know like the transition becomes like a lot smoother and better and um, and yeah I think that the whole point is how comfortable are you uh, to ride fast and to me it's always been something that has been part of my DNA and also of my background, you know, with all that border cross. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it makes sense. Um, and, and also I really love the feeling to me, snowboarding, like riding a line to me is like getting to that stage where I kind of open my arms and I feel all the air on my body. And, and, and I always kind of describe that, you know, that, that moment, 
you know, where it's like kind of a, a turning point where I enter into a video game where I just can, can aim whatever I want and do whatever I want. That's the way I feel when I go fast in a way. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to ask, we talked a bit about this, the, your um, unhappiness with the state of border cross these days, but can I get you to talk a little bit about sort of the, the state of snowboarding more broadly? Um, kind of what are you seeing or how are you, you know, what are you seeing out there? And, and obviously there's a lot of different segments, right? And so there's big mountain riding, um, split boarding has gotten bigger and bigger. Um, there's still kind of parks and half pipes and competitions. Um, I don't know if, if there was a, if you were had to give a kind of state of the union, uh, what would you have to say? What are you thinking or seeing out there? Well, I think that compared to 10 years ago, I think that uh, I'm very happy the way snowboarding has evolved. And I think that, you know, I used to be back then a bit frustrated at seeing how people were just focusing literally everything on tricks and like park tricks and, and jibbing. And I was like, come on, like snowboarding is a sport of powder, yeah. like mainly. And, and like, how come... You know the roots of the sport don't have a bigger space into the sport, and 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 I didn't expect such a radical change, but it, it definitely came in the last yeah in the last ten years, with the whole splitboard movement, with everybody going out there and like kind of experiencing what's out there, what's beyond just the little parks and and things, and and I really really respect and I really enjoy riding a park, and I think it's a total part of snowboarding and and what what the kids do now is completely mental yeah and i uh, yeah i'm really really impressed and uh, i love watching it and um yeah i think that to me snowboarding has got a like it's true to itself it's got plenty of sides to it and yeah i think that maybe one of my regrets is that uh maybe today like for a young rider it's uh if, if they want to be strong it's really difficult to being able to to do be a, a bit of everything like like we used to because you know the level is so high so you get to enter into a, a psycho high athlete um, like training mode where you just have your program and everything and and I think that's a bit of a of a shame so yeah. yeah if I was like yeah being a father or whatever or an, an advisor to me I would not dream of going into like that kind of line of competition and things like this but uh but i think that there is um to me like the part that is evolving quite well is the whole backcountry freestyle free ride you know the the two elements uh joined together and and um and i think i'm quite happy to see a progression there yeah and yeah i'm watching my my younger brother is doing quite well at that at the moment and i have really really high hopes on on him because yeah he's really impressive at the minute and he's just at the beginning i think yeah i was um he made me feel old <laughs> at the end of the season we rode together and and yeah he's got that wow really good energy really good touch like and the skills of uh like doing tricks everywhere really yeah and that's really cool yeah it's funny that we've had now conversations with um, 
Garrett Altman, who uh, has been skiing on the FWT tour, he's a reviewer, a blister reviewer. Um, he was kind of bemoaning the the specialization, the kind of earlier and earlier specialization. Um, yeah. You know, and Darren Rolves was on the podcast, and he was talking about and kind of bemoaning the these the, the um, specialization. Um, and it sounds like you're saying the same thing. It's we're hitting a kind of uh, chorus and refrain here of let's well i don't know i mean uh like you did say though i mean people are so accomplished in their particular disciplines that i guess it makes it difficult to uh pitch for the (coughs) to keep it generalized right to ride some park to to get into the mountains um to you know to ride border cross but it sounds like all of you are saying there's a there's a, some regret being expressed about the the earlier and earlier specialization. Is that fair enough to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And, and like I think because a, a super specializ- specialization kind of takes you away as well from uh, from the lifestyle of uh, of it, like which is so important. I think the lifestyle of snowboarding is is you know very much linked to partying, to enjoying nature, to enjoying so many things and. Once you want to become a machine, like yeah, because nowadays people are machines, yeah. <laughs> then you need to um, to be acting like one a bit. Huh. But yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, but maybe that's just uh, because we're lucky enough to experience that, and and like I'm sure that yeah, people could find their happiness doing that. But um, yeah, everyone has got his own tastes, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. By the way, here's a random question for you. Um, are you much of a reader or movie watcher or music listener or musician? Are any of those? Uh, no, I read. Yeah, I read, read uh, quite a lot. Yeah. What no, you... music. No, I'm, I'm terrible with music. Yeah. <laughs> I read, uh, well, I read like kind of uh, novels. Like right now, I'm reading a really cool um, uh, kind of um, comics that kind of. Um, like retraces the whole world's economy, uh, like to kind of explain it, to understand it, huh. in a in a comic way, but in a really smart way, and and uh, I'm having a blast. Yeah, what, but uh, I like to kind of read about of many different things. It's called economics, uh, economics with an X at the end. I don't know if in fr- in it's in French, but it's translated from the English, so I guess it would be the same uh, title. Okay. But um, yeah, it's amazing if. I could probably like look up the the English title and give you the the name of the author because it's wow, it's brilliant. Huh. No, check it yeah. out for sure. Makes you understand what's happening at the moment a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll check it out for sure. Um, on the on the film side, given that you're doing more, and we'll well, I guess we can segue into this, but um with your DIY projects and, and um, I'd love to have you talk a little bit about your shift from the films that you had been making some years ago to your, your work with the DIY project. Do you, do you find yourself watching more snow sports films now and kind of studying and, and looking to see how things have been done? Um, are you, do you spend so much time making these films that you, you know, if you're watching a movie, the last thing you want to do is watch a, a movie about mountains and snow. What 
what's your relationship to film? Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think you, you said it. I should probably watch a bit more what people do and things and and analyze. But uh, I've always been quite lazy on that, <laughs> and uh, not a huge fan of yeah watching uh, ski ski or snowboarding movies for for some reason. It's funny because. I don't know, maybe because it puts me into like kind of comparing what I do with them and like yeah. being jealous at some stuff they do. I don't know, maybe it's that or maybe it's just uh, because it puts me into kind of a work mode yeah. uh, in some ways. Yeah, because like it's weird because like I kind of love the whole filming part because it makes you push things a bit further. But it's kind of also the part that's kind of work where you need to deliver something yep. and where you need to kind of take some risk also for it sometimes. And uh, and sometimes I hate the fact of filming. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, I guess it's like everything in life. You need to find a balance. And, and yeah, I've been sometimes a bit overdoing the, the whole filming. Yeah. But no, no, I'm a bit, a bit more like believing in luck and like kind of throwing myself in to a project and and just going uh you know accepting to the mistake and not being perfect but uh, just going with a heart and and just going yeah wild yeah. yeah we had we had um when we spoke the other day before we um before we were cut off <coughs> you were talking a bit about your movement from making i guess one might say like slightly more traditional um snowboard films to what you what you've been doing with the DIY project can you can you say say talk about that again um that shift and what that represents and why that has become interesting to you yeah well yeah it actually links pretty well with what I said before because yeah I had the feeling after several years like maybe yeah eight years of just traveling doing movies with big crews that I was getting less and less true to to my real, you know, like to myself in terms of snowboarding, you know, with the fact that I um, was like, I had no time to write for myself yeah. and that I was kind of always showing what I was doing through someone else's eye and that when you travel with a crew, you lose that flexibility. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, that spontaneity, like sp yeah. spontaneity. I don't know how you say that. Spontaneity, you got uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, in a way, I've been dreaming to to find a a way to being able to just go like lightly as uh, as if I was <laughs> uh, like uh, uh, like as if yeah like without a crew, basically just waking up in the morning, looking up this peak that makes you dream, and just go for it, and not necessarily have to wait for the perfect you know, the perfect having the heli organized, the budgets, the things like this, which slow you down all the time. And uh, um, yeah, I, so we, we basically, we have invented this autonomous drone that can, you know, like film you uh, by itself. Like it just follows you down. And that, that was kind of a, uh, like the perfect opportunity for me to kind of try a new way of working and kind of make that whole uh, experience uh, of filming a lot nicer to me, but yeah. yeah. So so basically, this season I've been traveling around with my wife in a camper van, and uh, and we've just we've just been uh, like using that drone and, and shooting ourselves, like self shooting, mm -hmm. 
and uh and yeah it's been amazing it's been so cool just go and visiting some friends they bring you and do some crazy stuff and then suddenly you just go and write stuff that you want that you would never have brought a, a big crew with you to to shoot because it was maybe not worth it maybe too risky maybe maybe not interesting with a story or with a whole concept and then you end up doing really cool stuff in those places because um yeah, it doesn't cost you anything. You're just doing it because you love it, and and you end up having the drone above you. So yeah, so then it captures it. So it's really really cool. Was this yeah. was this past season, the first year for the DIY films? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So basically, this season was uh yeah the first year, and it was a bit of a test season. And to be honest, at the beginning, we're it was a bit of a shit show with uh, all the snow conditions and trying to get used to work with the drones there's, there was still some technical problems here and there uh, so we, we made a few stupid mistakes where we basically screwed day, days after day you know you would crash the, the drone at the top of the mountain uh, and then the next day you forget a blade and then the day after you you uh, like the, the there was an SD card error in the camera you know there was always uh, stuff like this happening at the beginning and, and then on top of that you got the pressure to releasing something so yeah. it was a bit like nerve-breaking but um but yeah it was like we learned so much and it's so cool because we you know we went through that whole process of you know working things out so that we can be independent and and i'm really really glad we did that work because now i have the feeling that we can go you know it's it's become worth it to go across the world and do some crazy trips yeah. uh, with that freedom and and uh, kind of live the dream, I would say, for real, yeah. rather than, the, <laughs> yeah, than with your crew. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. So do you already have pretty specific ideas for this coming winter? Um, yes, it's shaping up at the moment. Yeah, we've got some things in... Uh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've let's say I've got a few things in uh, down my sleeve. <laughs> but yeah, I know we want to go a bit to Japan, to Alaska, but we there are some variations to that. And then I've got some of the stuff that um that I'll keep for myself for now. Yeah, <laughs> don't, yeah. don't don't spill all the beans. Hey, I I want to ask you about your board, um, the the, the XV. Has your yeah. taste in snowboards changed over the years? Um, do you now prefer a stiffer board or a less stiff board than you used to, or has it all been pretty consistent? Well, technology has evolved, so I think my taste have evolved with it. So I used to ride, um, well, boards used to be well a bit more traditional in some ways, and I, I think more, um, you know, when they're like. Before there used to be no rocker cam, like those huge uh, rocker and and camera thing that like there was nothing like this before, yeah. and I think that 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 has been a big change. But um, for that board, I've been able to make the perfect compromise of um, you know like uh, being able to to ride on my board, uh, like being on my on both my feet, you know, being able to press on my front foot in powder as if I would be riding on, on a groomer and uh, and to being able to really push through my turns like on the front foot like you're doing surfing and, and that's what I've been able to achieve uh, lately and um, 
uh, with my newborn, and I'm really, really, really happy about it. Yeah, huh. yeah. I kind of, yeah, like a lot of, you know. I think that before uh, powder boards, I've always been kind of either like super fishy or or swallowtail or something like this, or it used to be kind of something where you needed to be on your back foot, like yeah. completely, like and and. And uh, yeah, I've always hated that. I always uh, kind of prefer something where you could be balanced. Yeah. Uh -huh. Interesting. Um, cool. I think one of our reviewers in Alaska uh, currently has the XV split board, and um, so oh, cool. we'll uh, we'll see what he has to say about it, and I'll uh, make sure he knows uh, how he's supposed to be riding the thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, get off the get off the back foot. Good, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't be scared. Push I, on your front foot. Yeah, I don't. I don't think this particular reviewer is going to have any. Uh, I don't think that's going to be something he's going to need to be told. Um, but uh, okay. we'll 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 uh, we'll let him know anyway. Though I admitted earlier that um, of the films of yours I've seen, White Noise is kind of my personal favorite. I was curious if. Um, if there's someone out there who uh, isn't as familiar with you and your writing, do you have a particular film or video edit that you know you think if if someone wants to see what I do, this is kind of my I I, I would point them toward this. Do you have a favorite in that regard? Mm, unfortunately. Not really. I think all the different films have different aspects, and uh, yeah. So, to be honest, it's kind of hard. Like, I really liked the like to me. I think the This Is My Winter was really uh, like my first film, and 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 I think it's quite dear to me because a lot of like it's got drama. You know, I get a really big close call at the beginning, and then you see me like kind of uh, like in that whole young and crazy mode. And then, uh, yeah, I really love the Antarctica movie, like uh -huh. uh, Mission Antarctica we did, um, um, like, yeah, three years ago. But, uh, yeah, yeah, like those last three films we have done are available only on YouTube and Vimeo. So, unfortunately, it's a bit harder to to find them, to view them. But, um, but I don't know, just watch them all. <laughs> yeah, watch them all. Um, yeah, that's... No, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't have a, a piece. Like maybe I should work on um, on a, a bit of a recap from everything I've I've done. It would be nice to make a an edit someday. That would be cool. That'd be really cool. And especially given that you've already said too that you you're super enthusiastic with the current films, um, and yeah. what that allows you to do and and frees you up to do. So, yeah, you kind of started with you know this is my winter and looking at the the early days. I've thrown a, my cast my vote for white noise um, to see, you know, and I do think the the DIY project. I mean, you watch any of these uh, edits, and it's pretty clear. I mean, what you've talked about here, I think, comes across very well in those films. That kind of freedom, the way you are freed up um, to be in the mountains, the way you want to be in the mountains, right, and not necessarily mm. bogged down. Um, in production. So yeah, I guess you're right. People have to just go watch them all. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
One more question. Um, if people want to keep up with your adventures these days, where are the best places uh, for them to follow you? Mm, so I, I would say that um, like Instagram is where I'm mostly uh, uh, active and my Instagram is Xavier my whole name all together. And then uh, we're putting up, uh, we're starting to put up a, a website with a blog, which is going to be called xvdiy.com. And it's going to come uh, for the beginning of the fall. And there we're going to like do a bit of a recap from the, the whole DIY thing. And we're going to keep it updated throughout the whole season. And and now that we've got things going, we're going to yeah be a bit more uh, like share, sharing on, on, like on that platform. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, we'll wrap this up and I'll let you get back to your, to your family. Um, but, uh, Xavier, I've really appreciated the conversation and, um, it's going to be, uh, fun to keep tabs on you for this coming season, see where you end up. And, um, yeah. and, uh, if we get lucky at, hopefully we'll end up in the same spot along the way and, <laughs> and uh, and grab a drink. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, it was, yeah. Like, thanks for your interest and, and yeah, for trying to keep up with a good culture of snowboarding and yeah and like yep letting me bring some messages on the table thanks yeah for sure all right Xavier you take care that's it for this edition of the blister podcast thanks to Xavier for the conversation to our strikingly handsome audio engineer Justin Bob who is going to soon become the coolest dad around and thanks to Nest Bedding for sponsoring this episode. Be sure to go to nestbedding.com to start getting a great night of sleep and to start enjoying every single day more. Till next time, head over to blisterreview.com to see what we're up to there. Subscribe to the Blister Podcast on iTunes, and we will catch you next week.